And I'm Donna Carter. And you're listening to Grow on the Go. How you doing? <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this show is waiting after... We introduce ourselves after to, to see, see what, what Who's going to speak first and what's it going to be? Because we, we never know. We never know. We know where we're going with the like teaching part of the yes. show, but the rest of it is... Yeah, we don't show up completely unprepared. We have unprepared. no idea where we're going. Not no idea. We have large. We have very little idea of how we're going to get there. It's so. true. That is true. Yeah. It is spontaneous. Yeah. It is very spontaneous. Absolutely. Because in my head, I was going... Mm. I have acid reflux. Maybe I'll just say I have acid reflux. But instead you said, how are you doing? And I was like. Is it because I fed you spicy chili for supper? It wasn't spicy. Well, it had Italian sausage in it. Uh, it's a mm, little bit spicy. Well, maybe my tongue is sleepy today. I didn't notice. Mm. Uh, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> no, I was just having trouble connecting that, but I got it now. My tongue is sleepy? Mm-hmm. Ketchup, come on. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Apparently my brain is sleepy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, I'm good. I'm less tired than normal. Um, that's it, apparently. I'm less tired than normal. Oh, okay. That's all I've got. That's, I that's... I usually, fitting with what I was just saying, I usually don't know what I'm going to say until it's coming out of my face. So apparently that's it. Okay. I'm less sleepy than normal. How are you? I am well. Great. Yeah. That's it. I had a productive day. Today on Crow on the Go. <laughs> yeah. No. No, it's really not. We both got to see mm-hmm. my nephew, your grandson, today, who is so smart and so cute. Smartest baby ever. He's apparently this is a thing a few people do, but I had never seen of it, seen seen of it or heard it in my life. Um, because my sister is a genius, um, they have taught him. He's just over a year old. I may have even said this last episode. I'm just really excited about it. Um, they've taught him some rudimentary signs, so he can say like when he's all done, or whether he wants more food, or, or ask for pl- uh, please. Yeah, say please. And he can even put two things signs together. Yeah, like, he can say more, more please. Food. Yeah. Well, he doesn't say more please. Kendall's mm-hmm. working on that. Oh. But <laughs> okay, more food. But he can yeah. say more food. Um, yeah, and it's and he's he's starting to figure out nodding. So if you say yes, he nods. For some reason, um, I think because I I boop him on the nose a lot, he thinks that, like, our thing is, like, pointing at each other's noses. It's very (laughs) cute. I'm like, I don't know why this is our thing, but I'm into it. (laughs) He's pretty great. Yeah, Yeah, we were all together as a family for dinner tonight, which is the first time in a long long time. time. Mostly all together. My husband is across the world. But everyone in Calgary was Mm -hmm. here. Yeah, Which is nice. it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to um, just uh, give our listeners a bit of a heads up on on something that's coming in the new year. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something different on Grow on the Go about once a month, mm-hmm. and um, we're going to do a show about once a month specifically for the people in your life who don't know God. Mm-hmm. We're going to try in a very gentle, respectful way, and hopefully interesting way, to. Um, introduce unchurched people to Jesus Mm -hmm. through a topic. So what we're going to try and do is find out, figure out what uh, some of the felt needs people have, Mm -hmm. most people have, and use that felt need to show how sometimes at the bottom of our felt need is a spiritual need. It's our need for God. Yeah, it's going to be super gentle. Mm -hmm. Um, It's non-judgmental, non-preachy. Um, we're going to avoid 
churchanese we're yeah. going to not assume that people have a lot of bible knowledge yeah it's going to be very um user friendly for lack of a better term yeah. we do have a whole episode about uh we're calling them share shows Yep. Uh, we, as if it was my idea. Mom's calling them share shows, and I will be there most of the time, <laughs> if not all the time. Um, and we do have an episode coming up explaining kind of what In the more thinking detail. is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But we just want to get people familiar with the term share show and with the idea that that the whole point of that show is for you to listen to it with uh, someone in your life in mind who mm-hmm. doesn't know Jesus that yeah. you could share the show with. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Share show. So, we're going to talk about something entirely different. <laughs> now for something completely different. On this episode, I want to talk about the times when we're pretty convinced that our families just don't get us. Mm-hmm. So when I was like 13 yeah, through I, 16 Yeah, pretty much. You 17, I started to come around. You certainly went through a time like that. And to a degree, you're right. Yeah, I really wanted true. to get you. Yeah. I was trying to understand what was going on with you. But you weren't really that interested in talking with us about it, at least not in a, no. not in a dialogue kind of way. There was a lot of... <laughs> I mean, I was a teenager, and so I some of that's and, to be expected. Oh, of course. But of course yeah. it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you kind of went through uh, you went through your scene kid phase mm-hmm. and your emo phase. It went emo and, then scene. Yes, sorry. yeah. Started with mm-hmm. emo. We transitioned to scene. It's you know it's so funny you bring that up. I'm uh, I've joined a couple Facebook groups that are like pop punk groups, which is very much my favorite kind of music outside of show tunes. And it's mostly former emo and scene kids, and it's really? just so wild. And some people are, like, 13, but most of us are, like, late 20s, early 30s, listening to, like, the stuff we listened to when we were 14, and I feel ancient. But it's 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 fascinating. Huh. Yeah. We, we found each other, again, the scene and emo kids. And yet when I go back to listen to who I listened to when I was 14, I get mocked. Because you were a square. <laughs> and I loved the Osmonds. You loved, loved the Osmonds. And FYI, I just heard on the radio yesterday or today that there's a musical coming out about the Osmond family. Which is fascinating. Well, I think it actually will be. Like the White Jacksons. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with being white. No, no, I just, I'm just, that's what they were. I, I'm not, that's... Yeah, they kind of were. That was not a, a scathing yeah. judgment. Apparently Donnie and Michael were friends. Were they? That, that actually, me. They actually spent time with each other, yeah. That's lovely. Anyway. Anyway. All well, that to say. <laughs> um, what was all that to say? I have no idea. I don't oh, know. How, how, diff- how we don't feel understood by our family. Yeah. I can tell you my family did not get my fascination with the Osmonds either but <laughs> do you remember um do you remember the night we went out just you and dad and me we went to Boston Pizza after mm-hmm. church <clears throat> and we had our first let's understand each other conversation in several years yeah and it wasn't I don't know if that was the plan it felt very organic to me. Oh, I think it was. Yeah. Um, like, the reality is, I I like talking about myself, because I like talking about things I know. Obviously, if you've ever listened to the podcast, you know most of what I contribute is like, well, for me, and in my opinion, in my experience, because <laughs> I like talking about things I know. Um, and so, I don't know, it's not hard for me to get talking about myself and the things that matter to me and where I'm at. But it had not been happening, not in... Not in a really productive way. Yeah, and I think my guess as to why that's happening is it didn't come up organically. 
until then. Maybe. It had been intentional, and I felt attacked by that, and I didn't like it. Well, and what what happened, from my perspective, was you went from being this uber, uber feminine little (laughs) girl who loved pink and her long, blonde, curly hair and, you know, um, loved porcelain dolls Mm -hmm. and... Anything with a hint of romance in it, like you love poetry, and um, and and then suddenly you were wanted your hair black, and you were wearing this really, um, you know, the black hoodie and the the morose looking makeup. Morose looking makeup. <laughs> it was just a heavy black eyeshadow. No. I'm chewing on a piece of plastic because uh, because I am I am neurodivergent okay, and I have an oral fixation. I can't uh, help it. I can hardly watch. Mom actually held out her hand <laughs> for me to spit it into like I'm six. I'm 28. Mom, <laughs> you're chewing on a piece of plastic not, like a six year old. I'm not chewing. No, I'm chewing on a piece of plastic like a mentally ill 28 year old. There's a difference. <laughs> And I'm also not chewing on it. It just it has a nice curvature to it, and it fits right around my lip. <laughs> it kind of affects the sound of your. Speech. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do remember that conversation at at Pizza Hut, and I do remember feeling like, okay, I'm I'm glad we're getting some of this out there. And well, and I think you had felt like I was trying to make you stay that little girl in the pink and the long blonde hair and what I really wanted was to understand yeah. what what all the emo stuff meant and you had scared me you had said some inadvisable things in trying what? to understand you did say you did say things like I want my little girl back which was not helpful to me mm. which I, I'm sure at this point you're like obviously don't say that but that's what you said and it is what it is mm-hmm. and I certainly resented that did not like that because mm. that felt like rejection to me yeah I and see that. and certainly I was already rejecting mm. you. And this doesn't make it okay, but I was a teenager. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And I needed you to be cool with whoever I was being or whoever I was trying out, like whatever kind of persona I was trying right. on, and, and I didn't feel that. And so um, I responded poorly to that because I was a, teen- a mentally ill teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, and, and you were not in the best place at the time either. No. Nope. You were not particularly hormonally stable. <laughs> That's a lovely way of saying I was. You were going through a menopause. Wacko menopausal. You were not a wacko, <laughs> but you were certainly tender. You a little. You were a little. I was a little prickly. You were a little fragile, mm-hmm. and I was a little prickly. Mm-hmm. I was a lot prickly. Okay, yeah, I was fragile. You, you were, were not prickly. prickly. I was. I yeah. was prickly. You were fragile, yeah. and it, my poor dad just wanted to hide under his desk. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I that conversation did feel very. I don't know about restorative, but very helpful. Oh, productive. It, it was super helpful to me. I felt like we were way closer because I understood where this identity change. Mm-hmm. It, not not a, like you said, you were trying on different personas, mm-hmm. and I understood it. It wasn't as dark as I thought it was, and it had dark moments. For and sure. some of that darkness had always been in me, and mm-hmm. you just you hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. That's where that like that romance, mm-hmm. that love of poetry, always had a darkness to it. Mm. It just hadn't had anywhere to go because I was a child yeah. who didn't have the 
faculties to process, to process that. Yeah. And then I had it, and so it kind of all came out at once. Yeah. Yeah, so... No, I understand that you didn't understand. And mm-hmm. what's funny is, like, mm-hmm. you still very much feel like that's not me, but I feel like that was such an important part of who I am today. Like, oh, I would no, still I consider s- myself, like, a grown-up emo kid, for sure. Yeah. No, I can see that. I can see that now, um, that that is an important part of who you are. Um, but it was very frightening to sure. me at that time. Yeah. 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 I, I, I went through a time of really not feeling like my mom gets me your mom for sure They're actually very I people still don't feel like my mom gets me all that well I mean I love her madly mm-hmm. and we have a good relationship but we're just so different yeah she chose nursing as a profession and was so organized and efficient she very quickly became a head nurse mm-hmm. she just has Doesn't this she's a left brain dominant person and as a lawyer I'm sure my dad probably was too and I on the other hand and am so right brain dominant I'm pretty sure I just have a big black hole where my left lobe is supposed to be well and <laughs> and of your sisters because you mm-hmm. you have two sisters um <laughs> You were easily the the artsiest. Oh, for one, sure, right. For sure one was, was an athlete. One was a rebel. I don't know. No, well, Debbie was no. I mean, she was a little bit rebellious. She was a, as cool a teenager. Kid. She was she was a flirt, which she would have been the first one to admit. But she became like the ultimate mother. She yeah, was just the most this nurturing, mother hen, yeah, nurturing human on the planet. Yeah, and and I'm this creative, intuitive person and I really struggled to be organized or efficient. Mm -hmm. Growing up, my mom didn't understand why I was so disorganized or untidy. She didn't get how easily overwhelmed I was, which I now understand. Probably I've had a lifelong anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything that required linear thinking was very (laughs) hard for me. I was saying at work yesterday, you know, I'm very smart, but I also really struggle with the easy things like doors and keys. Mm-hmm. And you're Which quite I similar. Which I also do. Yeah. 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 And I don't think my mom realized that I struggled with anxiety and possibly even depression at times. When I was struggling with postpartum depression, my dad actually once said to me, well, can't you just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps? Oh, Gerald. Not helpful. Gerald. Think, oh, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? I'll just... I'll I'll just stop. I'll just make an adjustment here. Yeah, just recalibrate. Yeah, <laughs> this is fine. Get out of here. And I don't want. I want nobody to misunderstand me. My parents provided a wonderful yes. home life for us, and I am so grateful. But even great parents don't do everything right. I'm. I'm not sure if I was a great parent or not, but I do know I didn't get a lot of things right. You know, Jesus had really wonderful parents. God chose them for him very carefully. We know that Mary was highly favored by God. Mm-hmm. We know she obeyed God in a really difficult and even dangerous circ- uh, set of circumstances. We know that Joseph was faithful and kind. I think we can probably assume they raised good children. They were a nice family. Mm-hmm. And yet, in the story we're going to look at today, they really didn't understand Jesus. And I, I think that actually must have been very, very hurtful for, th- for him. Uh, let's look at the story in Mark 3. And I, I think we can learn from this story how Jesus handled handled this situation of his family not getting him. And, and I think from that we can learn to even follow his strategy. So, Kev, uh, do you have your... Uh, you don't have your phone there, do you? I don't have... Okay, uh, I, will, no. I will then I will do the reading. Okay. Um, we're going to start in Mark 3 at verse 20. 
One time Jesus entered a house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. Now, I think Jesus' family melt really well. So did my parents. Yeah. So did yours. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't get Jesus or his mission. They assumed that putting all these people before his own need to eat was evidence that he'd been pushed to the brink of his <laughs> mental capacity. <laughs> oh, great. Our kid's losing it. <laughs> and, and their misunderstanding, unfortunately, came at a time when Jesus really could have used their support. Mm -hmm. In this passage, it's like he's between a rock and a hard place. In verse 22, it says, But the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said, He's possessed by Satan, the That's prince of demons. a big misdiagnosis. <laughs> That's where he gets his power to cast out demons. That's what they said. That's not how that works. Well, yeah, like, really, I don't know what the worst insult you've ever received was, but I doubt it compares with this. Mm -hmm. When you're God and someone most people respect calls you the devil. You're very clearly like, the devil. that's Oof. pretty offensive. Oof. You're you're so far off, dude. You don't even know. <laughs> no kidding. Okay, verse 23. Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. <laughs> a kingdom divided by a civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. <laughs> Get out of here. That's stupid, basically. That's my translation. Okay, that's not in the text. <laughs> Verse 27, let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I love Jesus' logic. Like, he's so wise in the way that he handled yeah. this. His logic is, you couldn't poke holes in it. Yeah. And then Jesus said something that has tormented Christians for ages. Mm. Verse 28, I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven. But anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Mm. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying, he's possessed by an evil spirit. Now, this isn't really the focus of this podcast, but I, I think we do need to deal with it briefly since it does cause angst for a lot of people. Yeah. To me, it sounds like it's talking about mm. a, uh, spiritual abuse. Hmm. Not what you got from it, huh? Um, so tell me what you mean by spiritual abuse. Just really quickly, um, bending the bending the scripture or making claims like, um, demonic possession to discredit someone um, spiritually, um, stuff like that. Well, Jesus certainly spoke out against um, spiritual abuse toward the Pharisees mm -hmm. and other leaders, for sure. But this, what has become known as the impardonable sin, is is not when we sin against people. It's when we sin against God. Oh. By attributing to God the work of Satan. Oh. Oof. Yeah. Um, because that's basically what these these leaders were doing, right? Mm -hmm. So, it yeah. So the unpardonable unpardonable sin is is when people attribute to Satan the work of the Holy Spirit. When they when they do this because they're rejecting the Holy Spirit, they're intentionally rejecting mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. They're hard hearted and unrepentant. Here's the thing I want our listeners to remember about this, and then we're going to move on. No one who's worried they've committed the unpardonable sin needs to worry that they have. 
right? Mm -hmm. If they had committed it, they wouldn't be concerned about it. Yeah. Okay? So, having said that, let's move on to verse 31. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Not then, doing a whole lot for people questioning Jesus' sanity. <laughs> <laughs> then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. For years, this has bugged me. It seems really harsh to me that Jesus, it seems like he refused to see his family, but we actually don't know that. Yeah. Um, It seems like maybe Jesus was harsh because he was offended that they thought he'd lost his mind and he was retaliated by (laughs) disowning them. But if we look closely at Jesus' life and, and the various accounts, uh, what the various accounts in the Gospels are really saying, we, we can't come to that conclusion. First of all, we don't know that Jesus refused to see his family. The text doesn't say that he did. He might have just wrapped up his sermon and then gone out to see them. Yeah. We just don't know. Yeah. What we do know is that while he was hanging on the cross in agony, Jesus thought about his mother's well-being and mm-hmm. made sure she was going to be looked after. He used one of his agonizing final breaths to ask his best friend John to take care of her. We also know that the book of James, arguably the most convicting book in the Bible, (laughs) was written by Jesus' brother, James. Hmm. Even if he didn't get who Jesus was and what his mission was about at the beginning of his ministry, he eventually figured it out. Yeah. Extra-biblical history tells us that in 62 AD, James was thrown off the pinnacle of the temple, but survived the fall, only only to be beaten to death with rocks and clubs. He died a martyr's death for believing in Jesus and becoming a leader of the Jerusalem Christians. That's not something you do out of mere family loyalty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It may have been late in the game, but Jesus' brothers eventually got it. Now back to the account of this incident in Jesus' life. We can conclude that Jesus may have had really hurt feelings. He probably did in his humanity. He must have longed early on for the support and encouragement of his family when so many others were against him. But he chose his course. He'd continue to love them well. He'd stay on mission whether they supported him or not. Mm -hmm. And he'd find the community and support he needed among other followers. As he said in verse 35, anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. I think it's heartbreaking when our families discourage us from our mission to follow Jesus. Over our years in youth ministry, uh, we saw many examples of parents who refused to help pay for their son and daughter's education unless they promised they wouldn't go into the ministry. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's pretty common, actually. Ask any youth pastor. Um, Or or promise they'd never go to the mission field. These were Christian families. They should have been cheerleaders for their their young people, but instead they were roadblocks to to their kids obeying God's call on their lives. Mm -hmm. I, I know one young man who really wanted to be a pastor. He felt sure that's what God was calling him to. His parents um, wanted him to pursue a business degree. So eventually they came to a compromise that he could become a teacher. 
But he couldn't forget God's call, so he used his education degree to teach English in Japan as a missionary. Loopholes. <laughs> 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 and once he was an independent married man, he left education to fulfill his original call as a pastor. Good. Maybe you, not you, Kevin, but you, our listener, <laughs> have a similar story. Maybe your family aren't supportive of your desire to follow Jesus. Let me just encourage you to do what Jesus did. Don't allow resentment to take hold towards your family. Love them so well that they can't question the authenticity of your relationship with God. Take the encouragement of like-minded people in your faith community like Jesus did. Make those people your honorary family for now. Maybe your nuclear family will eventually come around, but even if they don't, you'll have the community and support network you need when your mission gets challenging. And hold on to your calling. Mm-hmm. If it's to teach, then teach with your whole heart, loving on kids in Jesus' name. If it's the medical field, look after your patients as though you were caring for Jesus. If it's a church of overseas ministry, if it's a church or overseas ministry, sorry, do that with all your love and passion. That's what Jesus did. What an example he is to us in so many of lives, in so many areas of life. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or a librarian or you sell shoes or work in a daycare. Whatever your role is, do it as though you're doing it for Jesus. Mm. And he's the one who signs your paycheck. Mm. There's <laughs> um, a weird quote to, to wrap this up, but RuPaul, um, who is a famous drag queen, um, okay. says, unless they're paying your bills, pay them no mind. And hmm. that translates to this. Yeah. If, unless unless they're the audience of one, to use the Christianese, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't matter. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yeah, exactly. But... But I love the I love what Jesus did. He said, you know, who uh, these people here are my mother and my sisters family. and father. Yeah. And and um, what we can do is find a Christian community who will support us as mm-hmm. we follow Jesus. Absolutely. Um, a, a really smooth segue here. Um, we are now, we as in Grow on the Go, the podcast, are now on Instagram. So we would love it if you would give us a follow, especially because that gives us a way to uh, chat with you a little bit more directly. So mm-hmm. if you have ideas for future shows, if you have questions, if you're like, you didn't cover this in this episode, and I feel like that's a blatant oversight, we would love to hear that. We absolutely would. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah, throw us a bone. I mean, I, mean, I haven't I, I haven't been able to speak in front of a live audience for so long. <laughs> yeah. I just, like, is somebody out there? Yeah. Like Please we, talk to us. We say all the time that we actually kind of forget that people listen to this. So sometimes we get messages. I've, I've had messages come in on Facebook. I've had them come in on LinkedIn, of all places. Oh. Instagram. Which I, I'll be honest, I may forget to respond. Um, I will not. Mom won't. Uh, but I will. I will read it, and it will. It will travel to my heart, and it will mean something to me. So, um, yeah, it, we always forget that people actually hear this. It kind of just feels like we're having a conversation in a blanket fort um, <laughs> on a weekly basis. But yeah, we would love to hear from you. Um, and you know, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast if you found this episode helpful. Yeah, and keep in mind that idea of the share show. Yeah, in the new year, there's going to be opportunity to uh, 
listen. Share the show. And if you like the show and you think it could be valuable to someone who doesn't know Jesus, mm-hmm. please pass it along. Yeah, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it uh, secular friendly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter, welcoming you to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.